Good morning. So glad to have you guys here with us. Hey, a few years ago, and it's it's been quite a few years now, I guess, actually, but I was reminded of this story this week. Uh, my in-laws had gone out of town, and my younger brother-in-law at the time was old enough that you could leave him at home by himself, you know, and he could take care of himself. So they'd gone out of town for the weekend, and as they left, they made sure to tell him, hey, make sure you watch out for the UPS guy, because we're expecting an important delivery of cassette tapes. Okay, so you're expecting some cassette tapes, and so make sure you get those, put them away. You got it? Those of you who have been parents with older kids, you understand. Here's Here's the two things I need you to do, right? Can you handle that? Yes, I can do it, all right? So in-laws go out of town for the weekend, and uh, he does let them know, hey, the the package arrived, I signed for it, um, got it put away, no problem. The cassette tapes had come, UPS, you know, came, he signed for it. He took those, that box, that package, and he put it back in his dad's office, set it right there on top of the desk, and let it sit. You know, and later that weekend, his uh, parents come back home and they're getting unloaded and they unpack and they're, you know, getting settled back in. And uh, pretty soon, my father or mother in law goes and opens up the freezer and says, Hey, where are the tuna steaks? Tuna steaks? I thought you said cassette tapes. They're on dad's desk where the tuna steaks had been sitting for the last two days now. Sometimes we can hear things that are really close to what they're supposed to be, but they're not quite what they're supposed to be. And when we do that, we can get in a lot of trouble. We're in this series, God Never Said That. And the problem comes in, and sometimes we hear things that's not quite what God said. The problem comes in in the fact that Life is already hard. All of us face things that are difficult, whether it's in your family, your finances, your job, just different seasons in life. All of us are going to face something that's difficult. And sometimes life can get really hard when we have family issues that we have to face. And we can know that generally, but if we're talking personally to each one of us, there are things that we face that are just difficult to deal with. Those bills that come when you aren't expecting those bills to come. The car has a flat or needs repairs. There's an issue at your job or maybe it's just an issue with you. And life can get pretty tricky sometimes. I mean, if we're honest, every single one of us in this room, whether it's you or somebody that you love, is either in the middle of a difficult season right now You just came out of a difficult season or a difficult season for you is just around the corner because it's a reality for every one of us that we're going to face difficult times in our lives. And you may be thinking, oh boy, this church is a lot of fun. (laughs) I didn't come to church to get depressed, Adam. I came to church so that you could make me happy. And here you are talking about everybody's going to have a hard time. Thank you, Pastor Eeyore, right? I mean... But the truth is, if we're honest, we all face those things in life. And so today, as we look at this series, God Never Said That, I want us to to just be authentic about the things that we face in life and how God can be faithful in the midst of every one of our lives. Because we looked at 
last week, you know, I said that God wasn't just here to make you happy, and that was a little bit of a bummer. Today, I may take you even a little bit lower and more depressing than that, but I think in the end, we're going to see how good and how faithful God is, and that's where we want to get today, because we all hit that place, that wall in our lives where we maybe just feel like, I just, I can't take it anymore. I mean, maybe you've been there where things are just piling up one after the other after the other, and then you get a phone call from the doctor, or then you get the message from your boss that says, hey, we need to talk this Wednesday, or then you get the text from your wife that says, when you get home, we need to have a conversation, and you're just like, I, I just can't take any more. I don't feel like I can take another thing. I know just recently in my life as stressful things, seem, they seem to happen in groups, right? I mean, stressful things were just piling up and piling up and piling up. And then I got an email that says, uh, yeah, we need to talk tomorrow. And I remember just feeling this overwhelming feeling that hit me thinking, I can't take one more bit of bad news. I just can't handle it. Sometimes life just seems to get heavier and heavier. And that is when People who are sitting next to you in this room, because we have good intentions and because we care about you, we all want something to say that's going to help you out, right? And you've been in that situation before where you're like, I don't know what to say, but hope it gets better. You know, I mean, we don't really know what to say, but we genuinely and authentically want to help people out. We want to have the right words to say. And people say things like phrases like, well, you know, When God closes a door, he always opens a window. That's not really in scripture. And I don't really know what that means, right? Especially if you're on the 10th floor. God closed the door and there's a window that's open. But I mean, what are are you going to do? And it's meant with well intentions. But what what does that really mean in our lives? Even uh, a lot of times as I prepare these messages, we don't have offices. And so I'm at a variety of coffee shops all around town. And there's one particular chain of coffee shops. I won't mention the name here because I don't want to be negative, but I don't ever have to worry about finding a seat in this coffee shop because there's always plenty of room because not many people go to this coffee shop. And this might be one of the reasons, but I think really God just has a sense of humor because as I'm sitting here praying about how sometimes God, we face things that are just more than we can handle. I'm praying and studying for this message and writing, and I realize that's the same song that just played. Two hours later, it's the same song. They had one song that was on repeat over and over and over and over again. And I don't know if it was the coffee shop or if it was just God saying, yeah, I really want you to feel what it feels like when people just think, I can't take it anymore. And I finally got to the place where I couldn't take it anymore, and I packed up my computer, and I went home just to finish for the rest of the day. But the advantage I have there is I could walk out of that situation and be done with the circumstance that was more than my my little brain could handle at the moment. But the truth is, in life, the things that we face when we're talking about family and finances and the struggles and stresses that we face, we can't just walk away from them. I mean, we may have really tried genuinely to walk away from some of those circumstances, but you've probably lived life long enough that you know your circumstances just follow you wherever you go. And the problem, sometimes when we walk away, just tends to get bigger and more dramatic. We can't walk away from those things. 
But there's good news. I was walking through Hobby Lobby this week and I saw a nice cross-stitched pillow that reminded me of this. God never gives you more than you can handle. Right? I mean, that's something we've probably all heard before. Maybe you've said it to people. Maybe people have said it to you. But here we find ourselves again. God never said that. Nowhere in God's word does he say he will not give you more than you can handle. And you may even be thinking right now, wait wait a minute, I think there is a scripture that says something about that. But the truth is, God never said, I will not give you more than you can handle. So right there, I do want to pause a little bit because we're talking about this a little bit lightheartedly, but the truth is, there are some of you in this room today, and I want to speak to you, that you are going through tremendously stressful circumstances. I don't know about them. Maybe nobody else in this room knows about them. Maybe even the people sitting next to you don't know about the things that are going on inside of you, but they are more than you can handle. And I do want to speak to you and just say, I'm sorry that you're going through those things on one hand, because I know the pain and the stress that it induces. On the other hand, I want to say congratulations. Congratulations that you're in that spot because you are in a great spot to see how wonderful God can be. So if you're here today and you're feeling like, yeah, that's me, this situation in my life, I just don't know how I can take much more of it. Congratulations. And I hope that you find some encouragement today as we continue this series, God Never said that. Like I said last week, we talked about the, the concept that God just wants you to be happy. God never said that. His, his ultimate motive isn't just to make us happy. And today we're going to look at something that could be equally difficult. But I think as we authentically look at our lives and our, our walks with God, I think we will see that in the difficult circumstances that we face in life, and we see the cost of those I think that if we look at that, we can find the hope of Christ. The very reason that Jesus came is so that he could meet us in our point of need, that he is our salvation. And so today, I hope that we see hope and light in the midst of darkness. So today, we look at the common belief that God will not give you more than you can handle. I would say this, that actually what the Bible says, demonstrates for us and says really from cover to cover is that the opposite is true. The truth is God, if you're willing to follow after him, will give you more than you are capable of handling. But I think this this misbelief could, could possibly come from this scripture. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13, it says this, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. And we can kind of see where this ideology of God will not give you more than you can handle could come from that. Or when God closes a door, he opens a window. What this is saying right here is that we are all going to face temptations in our lives. And the temptations that you and I face, God promises those temptations 
will not overwhelm you if you don't allow them to overwhelm you because he will give you a way to avoid the temptation. This scripture that Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 10 is clearly talking about the temptations that we face. But the truth is, God never says that you won't have circumstances in your life that are too much for you to handle. As a matter of fact, we can look all through the Bible. Noah, God shows up to him and says, build an ark, and it hasn't rained in generations. And how do you build an ark? And how do you load it with species of animals? That's more than anybody could handle. It's an impossible task. God shows up to Moses. He says, I want you to set my people free. And Moses is self-declared. He's not a leader. He, he can't speak good. He's got a speech impediment, possibly stuttering. He says, God, I can't do this. This is more than I could handle. Joshua in the Old Testament, God repeatedly tells Joshua, be strong and be courageous. Now, why would you need to tell somebody to be strong and courageous? It's because they're going to be facing things that are far more than they can handle in their own strength or with their own courage. God goes to Gideon and calls on him and Gideon responds and says, listen, I am the weakest person in my tribe and my tribe is the weakest tribe among every tribe. In other words, I am at the very bottom of the totem pole. Why in the world would you call upon me? This is way more than I can handle. There's David in the Old Testament. I mean, we could look at the whole Goliath thing, right? You're a teenage boy. Why don't you go get rid of this giant who is wiping out God's people? That's more than he could handle, but he stepped up to the task. There's also, after that, he's called on to be the leader of the Israeli nation. That's more than he could handle, but he stepped up to the task. But Sometimes we're overwhelmed by the opportunities that are in front of us that God may put in front of us. Sometimes we're overwhelmed by the decisions that we have made and the places we have put ourselves into. That's where David finds himself after he makes some poor decisions. In Psalm 38, 4 through 8, he says this, My guilt overwhelms me. It is a burden too heavy to bear. My wounds fester and stink because of my foolish sins. I am bent over and racked with pain. All day long I walk around filled with grief. A raging fire burns within me and my health is broken. I am exhausted and completely crushed. My groans come from an anguished heart. Here's David is saying, what I am facing in my life, these circumstances are way too much to bear. It's affecting me emotionally. It's affecting me physically. I cannot take another moment of this. And you and I will face circumstances because of our own choices sometimes that we make. Sometimes we face overwhelming circumstances because of the choices that were made for us. Sometimes we face overwhelming circumstances because of the opportunity that God puts in front of us. Even Jesus himself had to face overwhelming circumstances. Mark 14, 32 through 35 says this, When Peter went to the olive grove called Gethsemane, and Jesus said, they went to the olive grove called Gethsemane, and Jesus said, Sit here while I go pray. He took Peter 
James and John with him. And he became deeply troubled and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little farther and fell to the ground. He prayed, if it were possible, the awful hour awaiting him might pass him by. Here's Jesus himself facing absolutely overwhelming circumstances where even Jesus said, I'm overwhelmed. And God, if you could just take this, if you could just take this away, would you please take it away? We've been there before, right? God, if you could just take this cancer away from me or the person I love. God, if you could just help my child. God, I'm in this place again because I made another stupid decision. God, you're asking me to do something, but I don't feel like there's any way that I can do it. Even as I pray for, for this church, I look at the opportunities we have and I say, God, I can't, I can't do that. And I'm overwhelmed. And we've all been overwhelmed in the situations that we face. As a matter of fact, we could go on cover to cover through scripture. And people that God chose to move through were all people that faced overwhelming circumstances that they couldn't handle on their own. We could go through history and see people that have done incredible things for the Lord, who've done incredible things for humanity, and they all stepped up to the plate and faced situations and circumstances that were more than they could handle. As a matter of fact, we could even just go throughout this room and pick people out and hear stories. At one time or another, you faced something that was more than you could handle, but you saw how God was faithful. As a matter of fact, the common denominator that we would find in all of those stories is there were regular people like you and like me who faced something that was more than they could handle. God never said that he wouldn't give us more than we could handle. As a matter of fact, he does quite the opposite. He continually puts us as we trust him in places in life where we face things that are more than we could handle. So today, I want to speak specifically to those of you who, here in the room who are at the moment facing something that is more than you can handle. And if you may not feel like that's you today, at some point in life, we're all going to be in that situation. So I hope that it helps you today as well. There's a couple of reasons that I believe that, a, that God allows us to go through seasons, and that's what they seem like to be, right? Seasons where we just face more than we can handle. The first reason that I think God allows us to face more than we can handle is that God desires for us to depend on His presence. We have to learn to do this. This doesn't come naturally because our flesh doesn't want us to do this. And even in our culture, the way that we live today, right? We want to be independent. We want to be self-reliant. We want to be strong. We want to be able to just go out and produce and make things happen. And in and of themselves, those things aren't necessarily bad. But all of a sudden, you can find yourself in the place where you're sitting in God's seat. And you're asking Him to take the other seat. God wants us to be in a place where we will depend on Him. 
And I have a fly in my glasses. Thank you. If you're anything like me, when things start to go right in your life, it's real easy for us to forget about God and forget about His goodness. Now, we don't do this intentionally. It's just that everything's going good and we're feeling good, right? I mean, you walked into to work this week and your boss said, man, I want to give you a raise. You're knocking it out of the park. You just got a haircut. Your wife can't take her eyes off of you, right? Your kids look at you with adoration and admire you in all that you do. You stepped on the scale and you lost weight after you ate the triple-decker hamburger, right? I mean, you go into Starbucks and they just offer you free coffee and Pop himself called you up on the phone and said, would you come sit on the bench with me this week? I need your advice with this new team. Things are just going good for you. And you're like, when things go good for us, it's easy that we can forget God. We may be thankful for those things, but all of a sudden our life lacks some urgency, doesn't it? We lose that sense of urgency, but on the other hand, when things fall apart, we can turn to God really quickly, right? That's when we begin to get desperate. All of a sudden, God, would you fix this situation? God, would you heal me? God, would you smite that person that drives me nuts, right? I mean, God, would you come in and move on my behalf because I can't take it anymore. I'm in a desperate situation. When life gets difficult, we find ourselves calling out to God. So it's no wonder that God would allow us to continually find ourselves in life in a place where we find a little bit of pressure. When we find a little bit of a place where I know I need to take the next step, but I don't know how that's going to work out. And we find ourselves in this place where we have to cry out to God because God wants us to cry out to Him because God, although we love being independent and self-reliant people, God didn't create us to be that way. God created us to rely on Him. A couple of weeks ago, in Stephen's message where he was sharing about things God never said, he talked about Jonah and the whale, which is a giant fish that we see in Scripture. God asked Jonah to do something that's incredibly difficult. He says, I want you to go and share my message with these people, the Ninevites. And the Ninevites were bad, bad people. Jonah wanted nothing to do with them. So he tells God, no way. I don't want to have anything to do with that. So he gets a picket sign and says, heck no, I won't go. These are really bad people. He rebels. He runs away in the other direction. He gets on a ship. That ship sets sail. And that as they're out sailing, there's an unbelievable storm that arises And they realize it's because of Jonah, so they throw him overboard, right? And then this giant fish comes and swallows Jonah up. And here he is in the middle of this horrible circumstance. Here's some of Jonah's words in Jonah chapter 2, verse 2. He says this, he said, I cried out to the Lord in my trouble, in my desperation, right? And he answered, I called to you from the land of the dead, and the Lord heard me. When we face great trouble, we're aware of our need for God. He goes on in verse 7 and he says this, as my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord and my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. Right? 
I mean, if we're honest, when we face those situations in life that are more than we can handle, those situations where we think, I wouldn't wish this upon anybody, we can find ourselves desperately calling out to God. I visited with uh, one of my friends just the other day who was facing some, some really difficult circumstances at his job. And, and there was no real solution to have it fixed. And I said, I know that stinks, but you know what? You're in a really good place right now because there's nothing you can do. You have to depend on God in this situation. And he did that. And he's seen things that have started to turn around now. And we all face those things in our lives where we begin to cry out to God. When life isn't going the way it should, or at least not as we think it should, we begin to cry out to God just like Jonah did. And I do want to encourage you, those of you who are in a hard time right now, never let the presence of the storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. There are going to be storms in your life that come because God allows them sometimes. Sometimes it's not that God allows them. Other people produce who are facing. It doesn't mean that God's presence is no longer there. Jonah, by his own choice, went into a bad circumstance that got worse and then got even worse, but it never removed God's presence. Whatever you are facing right now, God's presence is still there with you. So why would... Why would God allow us to face some of the things that we face in our families, to face some of the things that we face at work, just in life that are overwhelming? The truth is we're not created to live in our own strength. God wants you to rely on him. David that we talked about goes on to say in Psalm 145, 18 and 19, the Lord is close to all who call on him, To all who call on him in truth, he grants the desires of all who fear him. He hears their cries and rescues them. Why do we call on God? Why does he hear our cries? Why does he want to rescue us? Because we are in a place where we need him. In the storms that you are facing, God wants you to depend on him. The storms you're in right now, I understand that they're painful. They're extremely painful for some of you. They're extremely challenging for some of you. For some of you, it has broken you. And it has broken you over and over again. And I want to encourage you today, that might actually be the thing that God needs to use in your life to be able to show His faithfulness and His goodness to you. Yes, It is more than you can handle. Yes, it is difficult to face. But in the midst of that, we see his goodness. We come to a place where we can call on him and reach out to him. I'm convinced as I look back at my life, it was those seasons that I went through in my life where it was just one thing after another that I thought, God, this is more than I can bear. I can look back at those seasons and say, That's where my life was transformed. It was a hard season to go through, and I wouldn't wish that season upon any of you, but going through it 
changed my life because I saw God's faithfulness again and again and again. I wouldn't be here before you today if it wasn't for the valleys that I had to go through. Now, valleys and mountaintops, we all go through those things and we all like the mountaintops. We like those a lot better, but it's in the valleys that our lives will be transformed. He transforms our lives in the valley. The second reason that God would give us more than we can handle is this. God wants us, God wants to help you experience his power. Because as we're in that valley crying out to God, God can demonstrate his power. I remember when I was 16 years old, I just got my driver's license. I was driving home from school one day and I lived way out in the country. I mean, way, way out in the country. We didn't have a neighbor around for five miles. We were way out there. I was driving home one day and I got about a mile away from the house and I had a blowout. I thought, oh man. So I get out of the truck and I start walking home. I walked that whole mile. Poor me, right? Walk this mile to the house. My dad's there. I get my dad. I say, hey dad, I had a blowout on the truck. I need to change the tire. So He loads me up in his truck, and we drive out there to my truck on the side of the road. And we get there, and he hands me the tire iron. Come on, Dad, I got a a flat here. And he stands back, and he says, okay, you put that right there, and, and gives me the jack. And no, no, you need to scoot the jack over a little bit. And I'm beginning to get frustrated. Because my dad, who's the hardest working man I've ever known, is just standing there leaning on his truck, enjoying the afternoon. He's giving me instructions, and he is not lending a hand a single bit. He keeps telling me what, no, no, don't do it that way. Okay, now you need to put your foot on it too to be able to spin it a little bit more. And I'm sweating. My really nice school clothes are getting dirty while he's there in his work clothes. And I'm getting frustrated thinking, why are you not doing this for me? Why are you not helping me? And I changed that whole tire all by myself without him lending a hand. And I don't know how many years that bothered me. Well, I probably do know. (laughs) Until I have my next flat, right? And all of a sudden, this guy knew what to do. And my father, who had in my teenage mind, all the power and the knowledge in the world to be able to fix this situation, it seemed like did nothing. But in the midst of that difficult situation, my father put a gift within me. I can now change a tire. Please don't come to me after service. But I know how to change a tire because my, my dad put me in a situation that was difficult. And at the time, in my 16-year-old mind, it was more than I could handle. God allows us to be in situations that are more than we can handle. And in the moment, we don't see. We look at it as, God, where are you now? Right? I'm going through this. I'm facing this. Sure would be nice if you would show up and help. Right? I've gone to church. I put my money in the box. I went to the Bible study. Sure would be nice if you could lend a hand in what I'm facing. God's waiting to show his power. And he may show his power in a way that you didn't even realize he was doing. As a matter of fact, Paul, as he writes to the Corinthians, again in 2 Corinthians, he expresses something about himself. He cries out for three times about 
a thorn in the flesh. We don't know exactly what it was, but Paul had some sort of ailment that was debilitating to him. And here's Paul. If any guy was ever deserving of God's power to show up in the midst of a circumstance that was overwhelming, it would have been Paul. I mean, this guy has gone around spreading the word of God, the gospel, over and over and over, risking his life, putting his life on the line over and over and over again. And here he is. He probably had churches that he started all over the area that are praying for him. Friends that are encouraging him. Friends that are picking him up decorations from Hobby Lobby. You know, hang this up over there. Be encouraged, right? He was probably surrounded and he's crying out to God saying, God, would you take this from me? God won't give you more than you can handle, right? Tell that to Paul as he's carrying this burden. Tell that to the person who has back pain issues, right? And you have trouble getting out of the bed and you have trouble being able to be the person that you know you're supposed to be. God won't give you more than you can handle. Tell that to the person who's fighting addiction. You're trying to get past it, but you can't. You get past it for a little bit and here it comes again. Tell that to the parent who finds out their child has cancer. God's not going to give you more than you can handle. Those are tough things to face. Tell that to the spouse who comes home and finds out their spouse is no longer going to be their spouse. Like Paul, we can find ourselves in situations where we're crying out to God saying, can't you show up and fix this? Where's your power now, God? You can, but for some reason, sometimes God doesn't. And this is where Paul was. This is what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. God didn't cause these insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that Paul was facing. He didn't cause the sickness or pain or marital issues that we might face. But in the midst of those things that we face, God can show his power. And what you're facing right now, I want to encourage you, God can show his power and it may not be in a way that we would even expect. As we follow Christ, God will allow you to face situations that are more than you can handle. He wants us to cry out to him. He wants us to reach out to him. And he wants to show his power and his goodness. We're not created to do it in our own power. If God, if we want God to be at the center of our homes, God is going to ask us to do more than we can handle. If we want to see God use our lives to make a difference in the lives of the people around us, God's going to give us the opportunity 
to face things that are more than we can handle. We're going to close the service here now. We're going to celebrate communion together. And so I want us to get ready for that and just search our hearts where all of us are at. But I also want to say this. After we take communion and release the service, we're going to have our prayer team up here. If you are in a situation right now in your life as a family or just personally, whatever it may be, and you're feeling like, I just can't take it anymore, would you let us pray with you today? We're going to have several people up here today. We would love to pray with you. You're not in it alone. God is with you and the body of Christ is with you. So as we celebrate communion today, we want to remember that. I do have one other prayer request I want to invite you guys to join me on. Uh, We have a young man here today named Andrew. Andrew, if I don't embarrass you, will you raise your hand? Andrew goes into the Marines this week. And uh, so we want to pray for him. So, yeah, thank you. After after we celebrate communion, I'm going to ask if uh, any of you who would like to pray for Andrew will join me up here at the front and we'll pray for him, especially any of you vets who are in the room today. We just want to pray God's protection over him and thank the Lord that uh, he goes before him. As we celebrate communion, the Word of God says, do this in remembrance of me. What are we remembering? We're remembering that Jesus has done what we cannot do. That he has taken the burden that we cannot bear. Because we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We are not capable of carrying that burden. So God sent his son to carry it for us. To be able to equip us to walk into any challenge and circumstance that is more than we can bear. Here in just a moment, I'm going to ask you if you would come out up the outside aisle, starting at the back of the room, and you can go back down the inside aisle here, and we will take this together here in a moment. But I want to read this scripture. It says, He took some bread and gave thanks for it. Then he broke it and gave it to the disciples, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After supper... He took another cup of wine and said, This is the cup of the new covenant between God and His people, an agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as sacrifice for you. As you get the cup, and as you take the body, the bread, as you return to your seats and as you prepare to come get it, I want us to take a moment of reflection and remember it is not by my strength, but it is by His alone. It's by the sacrifice of Christ that we may all know him. I'm going to pray, and then we can start coming forward. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the sacrifice of Jesus, which has come to set us all free. Lord, would you search our hearts today? Would, you be, would we be aware of your presence and your truth in our lives today? Thank you for the sacrifice of Jesus. Lord, we surrender all that we are to you. Thank you that you have paid a debt that we could not pay. Lord, that we might face all that is before us in life. In Jesus' name, amen.